Amen. So as we continue tonight, uh, this is the 14th of September. It is what we consider our crossover service. And we're looking to continue in this uh, four-part series. I get through, but how? So last week on Wednesday, which is our midweek service, which we're calling crossover, and uh, it will be on activating uh, podcast on Spotify. It'll be podcast number 47. And so tonight, um, let me just read the, well, we'll read the opening scripture just to kind of remind us of what we're talking about. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the second point that Paul makes. And so let's just quickly go to the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. And we are going to read 7 through 10, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure or message. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side of trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, in verse 10, our bodies continue to share in the death of Christ Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And that's the New Living's translation, uh, reading that out of that uh, translation tonight to hopefully give us that understanding. Now, when we look at that, the theme text is what is driven us to this understanding. How do we get through it? And we're going to look at Paul again. Uh, tonight, once again, we're looking at the second point. Amen. That we are being afflicted. We are being pressed into these uh, areas of our lives. Tonight, uh, last week, we looked at we are pressed on every side. We're pressed, but not crushed. And tonight, we are perplexed but not driven to despair. Now, I want you to understand that, that that word despair is the understanding of hopelessness. Now, we look at that last week and we talked about, you know, uh, the, the word, amen, being afflicted or being pressed in the original uh, Greek meant afflicted to be brought into difficulties, troubles, distresses, and suffering. And that term translated crushed is similar, but speaks of, of being afflicted or distressed to the point of total hopelessness. Now, when we think about despair, we can first look at perplexed, meaning a state of confusion, a state of being overwhelmed. It also means, amen, bewildered, complicated, uh, entangled. So a lot of times we are we are perplexed, amen, in the situation. Now, this is not one section versus the other. It's one, two, three, and four, four being concluded as a total in 2 Corinthians 4. Now, when we think about that, we're pressed, but we're not crushed. Now, we're already in the midst of the trouble. 
Now, this is not, like I said, this is number two, but it's not part two. It's number two in a totality of two out of four, not number two as a, as a singular separation or situation. So in other words, first, you and I are pressed. We're afflicted. We're we're caught in between these afflictions and troubles and turmoils. But those things do not crush us. They do not smash us. They do not overcome us. They're not overpowering us because, as we read in verse 10, it is the power of God, not the power of ourselves. So in the middle of your tribulations or in the middle of your inflictions, your, your difficulties, your troubles, your distress, or even your suffering, we move on to what's the second phase or the additional part, which is we are perplexed. Yes, we are bewildered and, and complicated and entangled in that situation. But we are not driven to the point of total hopelessness, despair, that we are just without hope. We, there's no vision. We cannot think or see a way out of those situations. And, and so in the, the, the walk in faith with God, if you really look at it, that sometimes in today's society, <clears throat> we have found ourselves uh, at this place where, you know, we think that being saved means everything's going to be okay in here, the now, the physical. But really what it is is that everything's going to be okay in the then and eternity of the end, meaning the beginning. And so a lot of times we get so caught up in what's going on here and now that we lose focus of what's going to happen then in the end of, of, of life here, moving into eternity. And so we must separate, amen, what is earthly and what is eternal. And so we can be encouraged and driven that, you know, look, you can make decisions based on the severity of the situation you're going through. Uh, you can make a decision saying, look, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this today. I'm not gonna pray today because I'm gonna be late. So I gotta get on the road. But then you can get on the road at the proposed time that you need to to give you a little bit of margin and to get you to work on time. And then all of a sudden there's a a, a sigler. And regardless if you would have left five hours early, you still would have been caught up in that and still would have been late to work. So what it comes down to, what Paul is trying to teach us is that. There is nothing that we should sacrifice due to turmoils, tribulations, problems, afflictions, and situations that are going on in our lives at the moment. We should not exchange that or, or sacrifice our relationship with our Savior and with one another. Our commitment, our faithfulness, our allegiance, and our alliance to the things in which we believe that comes through our faith that we are the ecclesia, that we must come together in fellowship. Believe me, I'll say this time and time again, that once we start missing here and there, it begins to become a habit. There are individuals that will take time off and then eventually it now becomes part of their lifestyle and then they just automatically go missing. It is a common denominator because 
we've sacrificed. Now, I'm not saying we can't take vacation. No, you better take vacation or you're going to get burned out. I'm not saying that you can't take family time. If you don't, you're going to lose your family. Believe me, take it from my own testimony. And, and, and so every year I've allotted uh, when my wife was still here and even now. But but when my wife and my wife was still here and we were a, a total family. Eight weeks were given up to vacation. Now that vacation was utilized in many different ways. It was utilized, amen, and sometimes uh, uh, me going to the seminary or uh, me taking a personal vacation with my, my wife and my kids. Uh, another uh, another uh, slot of time, uh, me and my wife, our kids went with us because of their disabilities and we would hire somebody to come and watch them. But me and my wife would take off, you know, throughout the day for, for alone time. It was for fellowship uh, uh, in conference and so forth and so on. So every year, minimum eight weeks was allotted for those things. And yes, there was still maybe another week or two that was left there just um, for emergencies, uh, you know, for a day off here or two days off there and so forth and so on to make a, a long weekend, uh, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, you need to take those times. But here's the thing. When you sacrifice your faith and salvation and relationship and the totality of who you are, then it begins to overtake your life. And so you can have hobbies and you can do all these things and troubles are going to come. Believe me, you can try to save yourself from this trouble, but guess what? There's another trouble waiting for you. You could try to avoid, amen, a, a tribulation or, 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 or an affliction, but there's going to be another one that comes after that. And so we're, we're, we've lost this understanding that we are going to suffer like Christ in many ways. And so we've gotten this cliche in our minds that, that because we're saved, that we're not going to suffer at all. And that if you're suffering, something's wrong with you because you must have sin in your life because, you know, why are you going through so many problems? I, I believe it's the other way around. I believe that that when we are without problems, afflictions, turmoils, assaults, and warfare, and all these other things, that there's something wrong, because the enemy, amen, is not attacking, he's not uh, picking at you, he's not uh, uh, coming to try to revisit uh, that old place, that, that you know, when the Bible teaches in Matthew, amen, in chapter 7, you know, that that uh, he'll come back seven times worse, that, that demonic spirit that was delivered through salvation out of our lives, he can only come back if he has been cast out. So if he's not cast out and that that attitude, behavior, addiction, uh, 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 sin and struggle and everything else that's in our lives, you know, pre-salvation, if it's still there, then, yeah, the enemy is not going to attack because he's still in your house. But it's when salvation comes in and the house is clean and everything's put away that we need to have activity. And I'm not talking about activity as works. I'm talking about activity in response to being saved. Once I got saved, okay, prior to being saved, I never prayed. I, I wouldn't read my Bible like I do now. So pre-salvation, yeah, there was a struggle. There was a compromise. No, I didn't go to church. I shared that on Sunday in my testimony and so forth and so on. But once I got saved, it transformed and these things became automatic. They were the results of salvation, just like uh, the, the results of your love for your children once they're born, the love for a spouse once you're married, and so forth and so on. 
the 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 loyalty to a job once you're hired. You get what I'm saying? And so when we think about this, amen, Paul often spoke of suffering as a part of the Christian experience, especially for ministers of the gospel. And this is what he's referring to. And so basically, if you're just a church pew member where you just come in and sit in, and we're not talking about you being new and, 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 and there has not been a time allotted for your growth, that you're new in the faith and you're just getting acclimated to this whole biblical perspective of being Christian and so forth and so on. But I'll tell you this, there have been, there's, there's too many Christians in the church today that have been saved more than six months more than a year, more than five years, more than a decade. And there's, uh, there is still a stagnant in their spiritual growth. And that is only because of our own doing. We're not uh, applying ourselves. Listen, there are so many things that we do in the world today that we apply ourselves more, more than we do in our faith. We'll get a job and we'll sell out to that job because we need to learn the ins and outs of the profession or the ins and out of the new company will enlist ourselves into school and, and we'll sell ourselves out to school, uh, meaning that it becomes priority over our fellowship. I want you to understand this. If you do not fellowship every day because you cannot, then there are certain times and you are allotted that time to fellowship than you ought to, or you should. And yes, just like, work and school and hobbies and extracurricular activity we don't get to choose all the time when they uh when those moments or when the game days or or the class days or or the work schedule though they schedule us and they tell us when to work we can put in and say can we do it this day can we do it that day that way that day or this day same thing with our our, our fellowship in our church amen we have sundays wednesdays fridays saturdays and, and any special events that come out in between all those things. But if you're not negotiating and navigating through those days of fellowship, then we are not putting any effort towards it. Listen, how the, the series is themed, how do I get through it? Or I get through it, but how do I get through it? And Paul begins to speak of this Christian experience, especially for ministers of the gospel. In Galatians 6, 17, he says this, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. He says, cause me trouble. Didn't say there wouldn't be trouble, but cause me trouble. In other words, I don't take those afflictions and warfares and tribulations personal. I know it's because I'm a follower and a disciple and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 10 through 11, he says this. Philippians 3, 10 through 11, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Verse 11, that I, that, that by any means possible, I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Meaning that majority of times, tribulations, afflictions and, and setbacks and all these difficulties and troubles and sufferings, amen, they tend to cause us to draw back or draw away from God. They tend to make us walk away from God. When people have lost loved ones, they tend to get mad at God. When they tend to lose a job, they get mad at God. 
or they tend to suffer financially, they tend to get angry at God. Or when we fail and we're not succeeding at our desire, we tend to reject God, deny God, and walk away from God. Don't, don't, don't say you don't know anybody or you haven't done that yourself. Because there's an opposite, uh, a polar uh, a resistant to that opposite end, the polar ends, that when we are in trouble, then we tend to run to God and navigate to God and cling to God and even make promises to God. I know none of you have ever done that, but maybe you know someone, amen, that has made promises when they've been in trouble. So when we're in trouble, we cling, we run, we promise. When we're not in trouble, then we tend to walk away from God because we quit in the midst of the warfare. Uh, believe me, in the 27 years of ministry and, and, and uh, listen, I've seen too many people walk away from God when things have gotten tough. And so now they're no longer having the trouble because coming to church, you will find your affliction because the enemy does not want you to find sustainability in your faith. He says, if we, if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Romans 8.17 says this in the New, New Living's translation, eight, Romans 8.17. And since we, we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of, the, of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his sufferings. We must also share in his sufferings. See, we should not be surprised or give up when we experience hardships. Because the Bible says in, in, in the original text, amen, that we, uh, for, uh, actually, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17 says this, amen, for our present bodies are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will end up lasting forever in eternity. So with that being said, amen, we must understand. So uh, many times we'll say, maybe not tonight, or uh, I, I don't have enough gas, or I don't have this, or I, I, I need to preserve this, and I need to preserve that. Listen, beloved, we cannot predict tomorrow. And yes, we need to use wisdom. But in the same acclimate of using wisdom, how can we get through unless we are using wisdom to stay connected and involved in our faith? Now, I know a lot of people that turn around and say, hey, I'm praying and I'm reading. But in the reality, it's not the same. And if it wasn't the same, then I wouldn't need a cell phone. And I wouldn't need a man, a social media account. And I wouldn't need an email. Why? Because many people get a hold of us the church, me, the pastor, through these uh, avenues. And so in these avenues, there are many times, you know, I, I sent a scripture out to uh, uh, one of the members in the church, and I had spoken something in fellowship. In other words, in counsel, in fellowship. And I was sharing something, and I was saying, look, the Bible says this, and, and the word of God is this, and, and this is what the Lord wants. And when Paul says this, and, and Peter directed us as this, and Jesus informed us as that, this is what the Bible says. Now, they requested, can you send me where it says that? And I did. I sent them the scripture, the chapter, and the book of where that is found. And after a, a couple of few failed attempts to read it and see it, they responded back and said, I cannot find it. But that's because 
it's like law, you know, uh, uh, you can read the law, but do you understand the law? Somebody has to interpret it. And that's like a, an attorney who can explain to you your legal rights or your legal position. And an, an attorney studies the, 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 the law so that he can interpret it to you. Well, no different than a shepherd. And many times we're trying to look for something on our own, <clears throat> absent of fellowship, absent of being a student of the word. And we've been in fellowship and the shepherd, the pastor, like myself, has instructed and counseled and discipled and, and ministered to you a portion of the word of God and an understanding of the word of God. And then we try to go and find it in plain text and it's not there. I, I said that on Sunday. It's no different than trying to look up the trinity of God, the triuneness of God. You'll never find those words in the Bible, but there are multiple places in scripture when it referenced Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before I was, I was, before the word was, I was the word. And all these references, amen, that you have to, amen, really dig in and commit yourself into being a student of scripture, a student of the Holy Scriptures, a student of the word. And yes, that even, it, it's enhanced and, and built up upon, amen, in fellowship. That's why these nights or that's why these moments that we have as the ecclesia are allotted to us. Now, in the reality, amen, church could be open every day in some places, in some conditions, and in our situation, in some situation, it is open every day. I'm here at the church every single day, except for my two days that I take off, my Monday and Tuesday, but the rest of the week, I'm here. And many people say, hey, man, I try to call you, but you didn't answer. Well, because somebody else beat you to that. But a lot of times, there are not multiple calls. There may be one time in a, in, in, in a great time that somebody will pick up the phone and try to call. Somebody will try to come by and it's not all the time, but it's a one time and a great time that they'll decide, hey, let me, let me I'll just pop in because uh, I refuse to be, uh, uh, what is the word, stagnant, idle. Idle is that we, we grew up in old school discipleship, idle time is the devil's time. And so if nobody's calling, nobody's visiting, hey, I'm going to get up and go. I'm going to get up and go outreach. I'm going to go and do a spot visit and do all these other things. And, and I'm talking, amen, that there are, are individuals that I know that are on life support. They're in the ICU. Uh, you know, they'll call and they'll need the help and others will call and say, hey, pastor, I'm just checking out. I'm good. I'm good, man. Everything's groovy, man. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm like, OK, man, you're good. You're good. All right. You're good. Let me move on to the one who is in ICU or the AWOL, the ones that's missing without leave. They just fell off the, the radar, the spiritual radar or the POWs, the prisoners of the warfare that we go through as Christians. So I want to encourage you, amen, in this short, uh, a lot of time. Um, right now, Wednesdays, uh, we've we've declined in attendance on Wednesdays. I, I, it's just, it's we're back to school. Kids are back to school and so forth and so on. And I understand that. I get it. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to continue to keep doing our services on Wednesday. I am outreaching to new people, maybe that are not students or people that are local that are students that need to get into the house of the Lord to worship and pray and to uh, 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 be interpreted, amen, and walk through, amen, the meanings of certain things of scripture, like a lawyer before your court hearing or your court appearance. Can I get an amen? And so with that, amen, uh, we're going to keep moving forward. But tonight, you know what, I'll be honest with you, it's going to be a short night tonight, amen. Uh, tomorrow is the 15th of September. It's my last day for hunting uh, dove. And so uh, I'm taking off uh, tonight, amen, right after service, and um, I'm going to get right to the point in this message, amen. 
when we think about what Paul is doing, he begins to teach us, amen, that uh, although we are, uh, we may feel those pressures on all sides and we may be in, in perplexed, bewildered, and maybe even confused, amen, maybe disorientated, amen, like the trial just knocked you off your tracks, amen. The power of God that's working in us will never leave us without hope. And that's what it means, driven to despair. But it's amazing that many times it's the infliction that drives us to the no hope. It's the, it's the tribulation. It's the warfare. It's the struggle that drives us to despair, to drives us to the hopelessness or the place of there's no hope. And we'll say things like there's no hope for them. I mean, listen, I, I, I can't even count uh, and I can't even uh, uh, take enough time in a month to describe all the multitudes of situations. Marriages will always end in hope because they are perplexed. They're confused. They're, they, sometimes it's, it, it's, it's by uh, unaware hidden sin in one or another. It's a parent that doesn't understand the hidden sin in their children. And all of a sudden from left field, uh, their children, their, their, their children are in trouble. And now they're perplexed. I mean, woman, like, what do you mean? My son, my daughter is arrested because of this or that. Uh, many times we, we see it in, in, in our society today with all the rampant and upbeat and crime that goes on. They'll say things like, my son was in a gang marriage. My son wasn't involved. And we find out later that sometimes they started to hang around with the wrong people. And eventually they um, maybe weren't the perpetrator, but because they were around the crowd or they were uh, there at the right place at the wrong time for the wrong or the wrong place, wrong time for the right reasons. They, they were just having fun hanging out, but uh, they didn't understand the people that or know them even uh, deeper in a relationship to who they were and what they were up to. I know that's happened to me growing up. And you, man, you have really close friends, but you really don't know them because they have another life that you, you weren't around. You're not around them all the time. And there were times we were out partying and they were they wanted to be violent and even criminal at times. And so there was a time in my life, uh, leaving junior high school, going in high school, that I had to shift my crowd that I hung around with and with an old another crowd. I grew up with both crowds, but one crowd was uh, uh, one crowd was different from the other. And I'll just leave that at that. And uh, the second crowd that I ended up starting to hang out with the last semester of my junior high school and going into high school is what allowed me, man, to become who I am today because I was able to finish school and go on to college and, and, and other multiple things. Amen. If I would have stayed with the other crowd, uh, I would have never met, I would have never met those thresholds and, and never achieved those accomplishments. We hope in this life because we know that the difficulties we endure as believers will give way to future glory in the world to come. Amen. Our suffering has an eternal purpose. Our suffering has an eternal purpose. You know, marriage is only built on struggles. Uh, when, when you learn to grow together, when you learn to fight together, when you learn to struggle together, when you learn to hold up one another when the other's down, and when you're down, you are able to lift up and hold up one another. The Bible teaches us that, amen, in, in the Old Testament, that, that a two-strand two cord is not as strong as a three-strand cord. And so in our marriages, amen, uh, we are just husband and wife, and many times we're trying to go through life in that.
But when we put Jesus in the middle, amen, now we're a three strand. It's not easily broken. And many times, amen, we our troubles in our marriages, our troubles with our children, our troubles in life and work and prosperity and all these other things that we're trying to get to to accomplish uh, some different uh, uh, milestones, like, you know, a career job rather than just a J-O-B, uh, a future, amen, rather than just going from job to job, a home, a house, amen, for our children rather than just renting and all these other things. And so in that, we get lost, amen. And the troubles in that, amen, in relationships and marriages and parenting and so forth and so on will drive us. Listen, if you ever get to a point where you're just like, man, there's just no hope for this, man. They're, 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 this is never going to work. Those are words out of a believer who doesn't believe. Now, listen, I can't say that my my marriage, amen, was never out uh, of touch of that, amen. There was moments when I knew that if I didn't have the relationship I had with God, if I didn't uh, plug in and, and understand scripture, amen, I would have been that man who would have said, you know what, there's no hope for this woman. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for this relationship. There's no hope for this marriage, amen. This is never going to get better. But because I had uh, uh, the understanding of even this portion of scripture in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, 7 through 10, the reality, amen, that I am perplexed. I don't know why this is going on. I'm entangled in this, amen. I'm bewildered by this, but I am not driven to despair. There was always going to be hope. There is always going to be a breakthrough. There's always going to be a victory. And, and I'll tell you this, amen, I fought. I fought and fought and fought and prayed and prayed and prayed and believed and believed and believed. And I'm not saying that more, the more I prayed, the more I believed. No, it was just on his word, the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of scripture. I just needed to know it once and believe it once. And therefore my faith, amen, there was evidence that I did not see it not happening. But the promise of my faith was, I still hope for it. I still hope for it. And yes, even today that my wife is not here, I still believe and hope, amen, that I will sustain life until he comes for me. And she's not even here today. And I know because of God's promises that I will have the victory, that I will sustain my parental ability to watch over my son, provide for my son, care for my son, lead for my lead my son and father my son and over my own personal life the same similarities amen and so i want you to understand this that if we ever get in that place that we're saying there's no hope for this they're never going to change this is never going to get better then we are that those are coming out of the mouths of believers who are not believing and, and i'm careful to say that because i'm not saying you have faith enough but you must believe enough in other words amen as long as you believe there will always be hope even when you've lost even when you've lost a loved one, amen, and they've gone on to be with the Lord, I believe in eternity. Therefore, I have hope. Get what I'm saying? Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I'm troubled. Yes, I'm lost because of that uh, loss of my and death of my wife. But because I still believe, then there is hope. Hope for what? Hope for tomorrow. Hope for my faith. Hope for my, my, my studying of the scriptures and keeping to my, my commitment. Yes, there's hope. Uh, even if it was uh, not death that, that I lost my wife by, even if it would have been through a divorce or, or, or through something else, amen, I still would have had hope that I would succeed to be a parent and a godly parent and a godly man. You get what I'm saying? And so I can lose a job, amen, and still know hope that, that and, and believe in hope that I'm going to get another job and God's going to continue to provide. You could lose a house and know that even if you never able to replace that house, that you will have hope that you will still be a home and you will find a home and God will provide for that home. 
Can I get a witness? And so we must be careful, amen, to be believers and not believe in hope. We must be believers and continue to believe in hope because when whatever we lose, there's hope in some uh, uh, answer to that loss, amen. And so it may be our mistake or their mistake, or it may it be for everlasting through the passing of a bride, a, a spouse, amen, a child or a parent. You get what I'm saying? Uh, through a job and everything else. We've always learned that you know, I lose one job, then God has something better for me. If I lose this, then God has a, 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 some, another, another, something better for me. He's going to open a, another door, amen. So let's take these scriptures tonight and let's press through that. This is a crossover. It, it's the hump week. It's the middle of the week uh, day, amen, a Wednesday. Now let's cross over. Let's cross over to Thursday, Friday. And now let's get ready to be able to do the things like spiritually, like outreach and prayer and come to church and come to fellowship, come to the cafe, come, amen, sit down, break open the word and gossiping on Sunday night and all these other things with pastor, amen, to get into the word where I can't do Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday because I'm at work and I'm dealing with the schools and I can't do it on Thursday, uh, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm getting through the rest of the week, but you could do it on Friday, you could do it on Saturday and you could do it on Sunday. So let's, let's cross over from that busy week into that spiritual week. God bless you. Amen. This is podcast number 43. This is our crossover service for Wednesday, uh, September 14th. And I pray that you've learned something tonight and that you continue to apply it. God bless you.